So today is All Saints Day. It's uh, the solemnity in the church. It's our, about our elder brothers and sisters who were born in their time and generation to make a difference in the world by which they live. They were generous in opening their hearts to the Lord and gracious to the Lord for all he had done for them. They couldn't help but be light and salt and witnesses to their generation. It reminds me of the story in the Old Testament about Esther and the book of Esther. She was a, a Jewish lady. Um, she kept it quiet though. She, had a, she was Queen Esther. She had a great position in the kingdom in a pagan rule. Uh, as it turned out, some of the higher administrative people wanted to wipe out the Jewish people. Mordecai, her uncle, said, you can't keep this quiet any longer. You need to be able to use your place and influence to turn the heart of the king towards favor towards the Jewish people. And he finally said to her, she balked at that, by the way. Finally, she, he said to her, for such a time as this, you were born. Well, she, she prevailed with the king and the Lord spared the Jewish people from total annihilation. But the saints were born for such a time as this in their generation. And they made a difference in the lives of people as they opened their heart up to the gracious work of the Lord. And so you and I have been born for such a time as this in the midst of political, social unrest and health unrest as well. We, for such a time as this, we have been born. Now the saints are, we sometimes think of them as being like really iconic and romanticized and like another world, another place, another civilization, another time. They're in pictures, there are statues, like who can relate to that? Well, think, think of it this way. They were ordinary people in their times in which they allowed God to do extraordinary things with them. They were moms and dads. They were, they were politicians and lawyers and kings and queens, and they were priests and bishops, and you know they were doctors and nurses, and they were military people. You name it, they cover, came from every walk of life. As our first reading from the book of Revelation tells us the multitudes of people praising God in heaven. Well, they came from every land, every nation, every civilization, every color of skin, every ethnic background, you name it. They were, they were, they were saints. And the word saints, by the way, means holy ones or people set apart for the Lord. In our baptism, we're called saints with a small s. We're called holy ones. We're all works in progress as they were at one time, right? But we're still called holy ones. We're still called to be set apart for the Lord. And they're the big S, the saints, I call them Hall of Famers, okay? And uh, so they are given to us as great intercessors for us. And they also are given to us to be witness and good example of how to follow Christ. So let's take a look at how they follow Christ. They were worshipers of the Lord. That's the first thing. And by worshipers, I mean not just coming to Mass and centering our life on the Eucharist, which was very important to them. But I meant they sought a friendship with Jesus to make him priority in every aspect of their life. That was their goal, to be friends with Jesus, to be good friends of his, and make him a priority in every aspect of their life. They longed for that friendship, and they cherished that friendship with him and wanted to deepen that friendship. You know, when you have a good friend in your life, you don't want to do anything that's going to hurt them or discourage them or make them feel bad. You want to fulfill their desires. You want to be aligned with their heart and the mind, too. That's what good friends do. And so the saints want to be good friends with Jesus. Reminds me of St. Teresa of Avila. One day she was riding on a horse, uh, just very casual riding. She was actually going someplace and she was reading the scriptures. And somehow the horse got spooked. And the, the horse threw her off into a, a puddle of muddy, dirty water. And there she was in her full... <laughs> you know, habit, and she's f full of mud, and she's soaked, 
And she looks up to heaven and says, Lord, if this is how you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few of them. <laughs> you know? And then she went on to say to the people she traveled with, she said, you know, be a good friend to Jesus because he has so few of them. You know? Being good friends with Jesus was the priority of the saints. They want to please him and make him priority in every aspect of their life. Second thing about the saints is they were disciples of Jesus. They really wanted to follow him and have their life shaped by his word so that their attitudes and behaviors and, and lifestyle choices and their, their um, priorities all reflected the heart of Jesus in his word. You know, the saints were counterculture to their generation. They loved the culture in which they were placed. They found many ways to bless the culture. They found good things about the culture. But wherever the culture was in conflict with the word of God, as taught by Jesus, they were counterculture to that. And they were counterculture because they knew they had to be. Because if they, if they weren't, then that meant that people would not have no hope of being set free by the truth that's found in Christ. And they had total confidence that the truth of the Lord's word could set a person free. And so they had to be counterculture to sometimes the lifestyle choices, the priorities, the values, uh, you know, the quest of people in the culture they lived in. They were counter to it so that they could help and provoke people to be able to say, here's the truth that's found in Christ. If you open your heart to that grace, you can be free too. You don't have to be deceived by the trends of a culture which are destructive in nature. The saints allowed their life to be shaped and formed by the word of God in sacred scripture. St. Jerome, by the way, who's called God's grouch, by the way, because he, he's always in a bad mood. You know, He loved the word of God, though, and he said that ignorance of the scriptures is ignorance of Christ. The saints loved the word of God. Matter of fact, uh, the story of St. Teresa of Avila, she was— um, you know, she loved to study the scriptures, but she lived in the light of the Protestant Reformation. And the Protestants were putting out Bible after Bible translation through the printing press, which was new in that day. And uh, the church couldn't keep, the Catholic Church couldn't keep up with all of the Bible translations. They said, clunk, no more reading the Bible till we figure this thing out. So what Teresa do? She went to the fathers of the church, which are, they lived in the first eight centuries, and she had their writings in Spanish. And if you ever read the fathers of the church, it's like every other line is a scripture passage. And that's how Teresa fell in love with the scriptures and learned them, you know. And by the end of her life, uh, the restrictions were lifted and she could carry around a Bible with her. That was her go-to book. That was her playbook, the Bible. And so was for all the saints. The Bible was their playbook, their go-to book. Because they knew in the Bible, God would give them wisdom and power to transform their attitudes and heart and mind and be able to think along with Christ and be able to align their hearts and thoughts with how Christ wanted them to live. Third thing about the saints is they ministered to other people. You know, last week in the scriptures, we heard that they love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. We also heard, too, we're to love our neighbor as ourself. The saints saw their neighbor as anybody who came into their sphere of living. That was the neighbor to them, you know? Uh, Catherine of Siena, she said to the Lord one day in prayer, Lord, I want to love you the way you love me. And the Lord said back to her, you can't do that. You can't do that, Catherine. It's impossible for you to love, to love me the way I love you. She said, but I tell you what you can do, the Lord said to her, you can love your neighbor because when you love your neighbor, you're loving me. She took that to heart because in her day, there was a huge plague going through Europe, the Black Plague. And uh, she 
she found herself in the hospital ministering to people that were sick. She fed them and cleansed them and took care of them and prayed with them and was with them when they died and kind of nursed others back to health. She took that to heart, and she found in them the person of Jesus. The Lord brings people into our life. We like to say around here, we stop for the one. Stop for the one. Who do you need to stop for in your life? The Lord's bringing into your life this day or tomorrow. And minister, sometimes ministering to them means praying with them. Sometimes it means just listening. Sometimes it means a word of encouragement. Sometimes it means you know, just taking the time to be able to provide resources for them. There's a lot of different ways we minister to others and love them. But it's, it's integral to who we are. It's integral to who the saints were. Fourthly, they found fellowship with each other. They sought out friendships in Christ to be able to grow in their faith with one another. Somebody did a study once that said that, that 80% of all the canonized saints were found to live in communities of some kind. They could be religious orders or they could be small groups. But they saw the need for other Christians to help them grow in the faith. Matter of fact, they didn't think it was possible to really grow in their faith really and be generous in serving the Lord and his people and allow the Lord to do everything he wanted to do in their life unless they were in relationships with one another. There was no Lone Ranger uh, Christians among the saints. I often say even the Lone Ranger had Tonto, right? So the saints saw the importance of relationships to help them grow. And usually it was small groups. Teresa of Avila had a small group, even though she was part of the Carmelite order, she had a small group it consisted of married men and women. It consisted of priests, nuns, fellow nuns. It consisted of lay people, single lay people. It was a group of about eight to ten or so. And she meet with them frequently, and she grew in her faith that way. She could have never have been St. Teresa as we know her without that small group at work in her life. And lastly, the saints were always on mission. They served the Lord with good news to bring to other people. They took to heart Jesus' admonition, go and make disciples of all nations. They want to bring good news into people's lives because their life had been so touched and transformed by the Lord's love for them. Their life had been so touched and penetrated by God's care for them and provision for them, and particularly what Jesus did for them at the cross, that they, they, were, they want to share that good news with others. Teresa of Avila said once that she was wounded by God's love. And so they had to share that good news with others. And the beautiful thing about that is that it was powerful to change lives. You know, if you had the cure for cancer or if you found the cure for COVID-19, you know, it would be criminal of you to keep that to yourself. But yet we have the cure for sin, which is the source of all unhappiness in people's lives. And that cure is the good news of Jesus Christ. The saints saw that it was a necessity to share with others what had so changed their life. So how is it that they got to do all those things? They worshiped, they were disciples. How was it they were able to do all that? Four simple things I've looked at and found, and others have done so too. One is they recognize they can't do it themselves. They need the power of the Holy Spirit. Being a saint was not a self-help course. It was not pull up your boots and try harder. It was not grit your teeth and plow ahead. They recognized they couldn't do it unless they had the power of the Holy Spirit. Somebody asked uh, St. John Vianney once, he said, how did the people in heaven get to be in heaven? 
And he looked at that person and said, it's because they yielded their life to the Holy Spirit. And then somebody else asked him, how did the people who were damned in hell get to be in hell? And he said, because they resisted the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a game changer. We need his power and his grace to become everything the Lord wants us to be. For such a time as this, we have been born, but we we'll, won't really make that much of a difference in our world, the world that the Lord knits us to, unless we have the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our life. Second thing about the saints is that they learn to say no to things in their life that could keep them from the Lord in order to have the capacity to say yes to everything God wants to do in their life. The saints learn to say no to lifestyle choices and to to habit patterns they got into that weren't helpful to them. They learned to say no to values and priorities that just got in the way of the Lord in order to say yes to him, to do with them whatever he wanted to do in their life. Sometimes we have to say no to things in our life that we've gotten perhaps comfortable with or familiar with that really basically don't move us forward with the Lord at all. We have to say no to that in order to have the capacity to say yes to what he wants to do in our life. The Lord needed their cooperation, and the saints gave it to him. Third thing is they knew it was challenging to say no because patter, patterns of sin, patterns of habits of, that were bad habits were woven deeply into their personality, and it would be sometimes a struggle to say no and change and be transformed, but they were willing to do that but they realized they had to pick up their cross at times to follow Christ. And lastly, they knew it was all infinitely worth it. They just knew that because they knew that their happiness was only being delayed when they didn't get serious with the Lord. When they delayed getting serious with him, they put it off. They knew their happiness, their personal happiness was delayed. And they also knew they couldn't get to heaven unless they said yes to Jesus and became his follower. They knew they couldn't be in full communion with him in heaven without yielding their life graciously to the work he wanted to do for them. For such a time as this, they were born in their generation to say yes to all the Lord wanted to do in them. And that's why we honor them today, because they said yes, and they made a difference in their time. For such a time as this, we have been born, and the Lord's calling us to say yes to him, yes to his power, no to the things that keep us from him so we can say yes to the things he wants to do for us and in us. So today the saints show us that saying yes to the Lord is one of the greatest values we can have with our life for such a time as this we have been born. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you and give you praise for our elder brothers and sisters. We thank you, Lord, for blessing our church with them and for the graciousness of your heart that you have shown us to them as they yielded their lives to you to make a difference in their generation, to change hearts and lives in the times that they lived. So we pray, too, that through their great intercession for us and through our friendship with them, that we would learn from them and we would say yes to the power of your spirit we would say yes to you and no to the things in our life that keep us from you, realizing that in saying yes to you, we fulfill our purposes in this generation. For such a time as this, we have been born.
And we pray all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Invite us to stand. We'll continue our prayer.